Let's just pray. We'll pray for the children. We'll pray for ourselves as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we pray for these children. We uh, thank you for these uh, stories of your grace and your kindness and your love. And we just pray, please, for them as they go out to their classes. But indeed, every day and every week, we pray for them that you would grant them the gift of faith. And not just that, that you would make them effective and fruitful for you. And for ourselves too, as we come to your word, please would you encourage us, would you open up the eyes of our hearts that we might see you, that we might understand your word, that we too would be effective and fruitful for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been going through the book of 1 Peter since, I think, the first week in January. And one of the, the big themes of the book, which has been coming up again and again, is the theme of suffering for Jesus. Uh, for Peter's original readers, that was a very, very live issue. And in, in, in the weeks since January, we've explored how, how they were maligned and insulted. Uh, remember how people called them... Uh, um, uh, cannibals, there we go, cannibals, uh, misunderstanding the, the communion uh, and said, oh, well, they eat flesh, they, 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 they eat the blood of people. How they were called incestuous because they believed in family life and brotherly and sisterly love among the church. They were called incestuous and traitors because they refused to worship the Roman gods. And of course, it's a, it's a live issue uh, for us today too. In recent weeks, we've thought about a number of different examples. We've thought about Kate Forbes, for example, uh, running for SNP leadership in Scotland and how she really got it in the neck, Kate the hate, and so on. We thought about Billy Vanapola, uh, an English uh, international rugby player, Christian, labeled bigot. Uh, I, I mentioned about a teenage uh, girl at school uh, who got bullied because she wouldn't actively celebrate pride with the rest of her school. But as you think on that theme, suffering for Jesus, I wonder what word or words come to mind? Have a think, maybe even just think what word or words come to mind. You don't need to tell anyone, but have a think. Where does your mind go when you hear suffering for Jesus? Now, my guess is that there's any number of uh, fitting words. Maybe you think difficult or something like that, or painful. Maybe you think unwelcome. Maybe you have a word like dread. Maybe you go slightly differently and you go, okay, North Korea, Eritrea, a country where uh, things are really difficult for Christians. But whatever word or words you thought of, Peter wants to add in two more. Two really, really crucial words, which if we can get them into our hearts and into our minds, will really help us to live for Jesus. And in fact, they're so crucial that if we don't get these two words in our minds, when it comes to suffering for Jesus, we are really going to struggle to keep going. The first word is a summary of verse 12. So let me just read verse 12. We're in uh, 1 Peter 4, um, 1 Peter 4, verse 12, if you've got your Bibles open. 
dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. You see, suffering for Jesus, it shouldn't take us by surprise, because it's not strange, and it's not exceptional, it's normal. And that is the first word that Peter wants to, for, for us to have in mind when it comes to being opposed for Jesus. It is normal. Now, of course, not everyone is going to insult or slander us. Um, some people are going to believe the gospel through us, and they will love us forever. Um, other people um, may not believe the gospel, but all the same, they will respect us. Maybe they'll see uh, Christian virtues like integrity and faithful, faithfulness and will like us. But if we're faithful to Jesus over the course of our lives, some people will oppose us. Because suffering for Jesus is not some strange phenomenon, Peter says. It's normal. It's just normal. So maybe not this year or even next year, but at the end of our lives, if we've been faithful to Jesus, we'll be able to look back and see the various points along the way where we've been slandered or opposed. Because suffering for Jesus, it is just part and parcel of the regular Christian life. Now, my guess is, is at the moment, among us, um, not many of us are facing slander for being a Christian. Some will be, I guess, but I imagine that most of us not. And so we've just got to recognize that that is just very, really quite unusual. And actually, when you compare our situation here with Christians down through history and Christians in other places in the world, we're the ones whose circumstances are really quite unusual. Because suffering for Jesus is the norm. And it's really important that we see that to get our expectations right. And a number of years back, I had uh, surgery on my knee to get my anterior cruciate ligament fixed. Anyway, I went through surgery, and out the other side, I was given a, a load of exercises that I needed to do to strengthen the knee again. The problem was that every time I did one of these exercises, it really hurt, which was very unsettling. And it worried me. I thought, what's wrong here? This is really strange. This shouldn't be hurting. What's going on? Maybe I should just ease off on the exercises. Of course, when I went to the physio and told her about the pain, she reassured me, no, 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 that is normal. You should be expecting some pain. That's just par for the course. That's just part of the healing process. And it's not an indication of anything wrong. And of course, knowing that helps you keep going. It doesn't take away the pain, but it helps you to keep going. And it's the same with suffering for Jesus. You see, if we don't expect pain and opposition and slander in the Christian life, when it comes, we're going to be thrown by it. We may well think, why is this hurting? It's not meant to. Am I doing something wrong? Maybe I just need to hold back a bit. And Peter says, no, 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 no. Suffering for Jesus, being insulted and so on, it is normal. It is just a regular part 
of the regular Christian life. Uh, let me just add one qualification to this. Because Peter makes it very, very clear that we're talking here about being insulted for Jesus, being insulted for being a Christian. In other words, if we are being insulted or excluded or slandered, we need just to take some time and sit down and have a very careful think, ideally with another believer who's going to be honest with us, and ask ourselves, why am I suffering? Am I suffering here for Christ? Am I suffering because I'm a Christian? Is that the real reason I'm suffering, or is there some other reason? Have I been meddling? Is that the real reason? Have I, is it because I've been acting like the, the moral policeman in the office, uh, telling people here and there, you know, telling them off? Peter says in verse 15, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. What's the real reason I'm getting it in the neck? I remember meeting a, a, a Christian lad who just joined a sports team, a rowing team. And brilliantly, he was very, very open about his Christian faith, and that's fantastic. Unfortunately, he was also quite belligerent and rude with it. So unsurprisingly, he got a lot of flack from his teammates, which he attributes attributed to his being a Christian, when in reality, it was because he was being belligerent and rude. So we've got to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves the question, am I suffering for Christ? Is it because I'm a Christian? And I suppose Peter's emphasis is, well, if the answer is yes, it is because, for genuine reason, because I'm a Christian, and it may well be, because it's a normal part of the Christian life, if it's yes, don't be unsettled. It's normal, it's par for the course, keep at it. And I suppose that means as well for us, if we're not yet facing it, that we've got to mentally gear up for it. Of course, not going looking for it, but all the same, expecting it. And perhaps even resolving that when someone does call us a bigot or dangerous or repressed or dangerous or, or, or whatever it is, we're not going to fly off the handle, and we're not going to pack up our faith and go home, but we're going to take it on the chin, bring it to the Lord, and keep going. That's our first word when it comes to uh, suffering for Jesus, normal. But Peter has got more to say to us, uh, because it's all well and good knowing that this is normal, but we may still be really quite frightened by it and dread it. We may still be tempted to, to, to shrink back and to go quiet and to avoid it. And of course, in one sense, that's understandable. Who wants to be insulted? And so there's a second word that Peter wants to add into our vocabulary when it comes to suffering for Christ. I think you see it in verse 14. He says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed blessing. Now, just to be clear, Peter is not suggesting that to be insulted and slandered is, 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 a, is a pleasant experience to be enjoyed, or even a light thing that we can just brush off. Peter's not saying 
Uh, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names, don't worry about them. They'll not hurt you. He's not minimizing pain. Remember the word that Peter uses to describe their ordeal in verse 12? Fiery. You know, fire burns. Burns hurt. You, you, you know, burn yourself in a kettle or something like that. You know all about it. It's the same with insults and slander. They're fiery. It burns it hurts. Peter's not trying to minimize the pain. Rather in saying that you are blessed, what he's doing is redirecting our focus. Redirecting our focus away from the insults and the slander themselves and the pain to the blessings and the privileges that come as a result. What are those blessings and privileges? Well, I think Peter mentions three here, and we'll just look at them briefly. First blessing that comes with suffering for Christ is the assurance that you're on the road to glory. Verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You see, when we participate in the sufferings of Christ, what, what does that indicate about us? It indicates that we're really trusting in him. It indicates that our faith in him is real. It indicates that we really are holding on to his rescue and that he really is at work in our lives, changing and transforming us. And so when we share in his sufferings, Actually, we can be all the more confident that we will share also in his glory. Suffering for Jesus bolsters our assurance that we're on the road to glory. So imagine a, a road. It's dark. There are no street lights. It's got a hostile feel to it. There are angry dogs barking and hostile people shouting insults at those who walk along the road. A difficult, dark road. But this road leads to the most amazing destination you could ever imagine. It leads to a palace, and to a crown, and to glory. The road is the road to glory. Now, if we were to go back 2,000 years ago, this was the road that Christ walked. He faced insults and slander and opposition and went to the cross. That was for him the road to glory. And as those who trust in him for rescue, we too are called to walk that road, to share in his sufferings so that we might also share in his future glory. So as we face insults, we're blessed because we're reassured, we're reassured that we're on the right path, that we're on the road to glory. This is where we're meant to be. That's the first blessing. It brings reassurance that we're on the road to glory. Second blessing that comes with being insulted and slandered and so on is the blessing of God's presence with us. Verse 14. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And this is a really special verse. 
<laughs> because it suggests that when we're insulted for, for, for Christ, God draws alongside us by his spirit in the same way that he did so with Christ and rested on Christ by his spirit. So Isaiah 11, that is one of the kind of Old Testament passages about Jesus that we read at Christmas time. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit, speaking of the Lord Jesus. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Familiar verses. Now here, Peter picks up that language about Jesus and applies it to believers who are suffering insults for the name of Jesus. Saying here, the spirit of glory and of God who rested on Christ also now rests on you. As you face those insults, God draws alongside you just as he drew alongside the Lord Jesus throughout his life. I remember watching a testimony of, of, of a, man, a man named Mohan. He grew up in a, in a village in India. Um, and when he became a Christian, everything just changed for him. Um, the, 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 the village chief was hostile. It told him he, he needed to leave the church, leave his faith, that he didn't belong in the community anymore. And that's what happened. They shunned him and they destroyed his house and they uh, put, put barriers up so that he wasn't able to farm his own land and earn money to live on. What did Mohan say about the experience as he looked back on it? He said, and I quote, we didn't feel lonely. God has drawn us close to him. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Third blessing, honor. Verse 16. But if you suffer as a, as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. You know, when someone uh, levels an insult at you, what's, the, what's their aim? What are they trying to do? They're trying to shame you. They're trying to make you feel ashamed and small. And Peter says here, but you don't need to. Because actually to be insulted for Christ is a great honor. To bear his name in that sense is a huge privilege. And of course, this was something that Peter had, had learned and come to learn by his own experience. So remember on the night of Jesus' trial, how he was ashamed. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? No, I don't, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. What are you talking about? Shame. But then later in Acts 5, hauled up before the high priest, ordered not to speak of Jesus, and flogged. How does he feel about it all this time? Acts 5 tells us, they left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they'd been counted worthy of the suffering disgrace for the name. To be aligned so closely to the Lord Jesus 
to be known as a Christian, to bear Christ's name, Peter says, wow, what a privilege, what an honor. So reassurance, we're on the road to glory. God's presence with us, the honor of bearing Christ's name, the blessings that come with being insulted for Christ. Well, just as we close, two applications, if you like. Um, firstly, I suppose uh, to you, if you're, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm not a believer, I haven't yet trusted in Christ. Uh, you know, as, as we, um, what, one thing that's really important, as you, as you weigh up the Christian faith, and we'd always say this, is the importance of counting the cost of following Jesus. That's really important. You know, if we've given you the impression that you know, become, a, become a Christian and all your problems will just disappear and life will all be you know, sunbeams and rainbows and easy, then we've done you a disservice. We've seen here that to follow Christ is not easy. There will be pain. And you need to know that before embarking on the Christian life. But I think this is teaching us um, that you also need to count the cost of not following Jesus. Because not to follow Jesus would be to miss out on these blessings that we've just been thinking about. And in fact, it won't even keep you out of trouble. Peter, Peter goes on in verse 17. For it, for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. Speaking about the difficulties that Christians face. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Yes, for God's people, life now will be hard at points, insults, slander, exclusion, even if there's blessings alongside it. But for those who refuse God, who do not obey the gospel of God, okay, maybe now it's easier, but the question that Peter asks is, well, but in the end, actually, how much worse? He's speaking here of having to face God as judge and to face his condemnation. So if you're weighing things up, you need to count the cost of following Christ, absolutely. But please don't forget also to count the cost of not following Christ. I know which path I'm glad to have taken. And then secondly and finally, I think this should, uh, should encourage us as believers, I suppose just to be that little bit more courageous. Because, of course, when we, when we focus on the slander and the insults and we think about that, we get scared. It hinders our faith. It puts us off speaking up and standing out. It lures us into self-censoring and just blending in when we focus on the slander and insults. But when we focus on the blessings, we find courage. So this week ahead, will you focus on these blessings, the assurance of glory, the promise of God's presence, the honor of bearing his name, so that with gentle, compassionate courage, you might live and speak for Christ regardless of what, what anyone else might say. Let's pray.
if you suffer as a Christian. Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Heavenly Father, we do pray that you would be with us and help us and strengthen us. We acknowledge our lack of courage at points. Um, we need your help. Help us to see these blessings, to delight in them. Help us, please, to be courageous, to live openly for you, to speak openly for you, regardless of what others might say, so that you might be honored and Christ might be believed on. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.